Welcome to episode number 50 of Off the Shelf. to know what it means to be a true follower of Jesus. Our podcast is primarily directed to followers and former followers like ourselves of William Branham. Message ministers often tell followers of the message that when they run into a passage in the Bible where William Branham's views appear to differ from the clear meaning of scripture, they should simply put the biblical passage on the shelf and wait for God to reveal it to them. The purpose of this podcast is to take those passages off the shelf and to look at them without message glasses. We have now reached 139 countries with our podcast. If you are enjoying the podcast, please leave a comment on our website. Today, I am excited to have as our guest James Manuel from Cape Town, South Africa. James spent 40 years in the message. He believed it. He lived it. He preached it. The message was all that his wife and children knew, and it was all that he knew. Since leaving the message, James has embarked on a mission to expose the lies, deception, fraud, and corruption in the message wherever and whenever he gets an opportunity. He has challenged message ministers all over the world, and this is another such opportunity. James, welcome to Off the Shelf. Thank you, Rod, for such a grand privilege um, to share some of my experiences with you and the listeners of Off the Shelf. I am very excited today and humbled, and I feel deeply moved um, to be able to do this. And I am praying that whatever we discuss today may have a positive effect on whoever hears what we say today. Exactly, exactly. Uh, James, I read your testimony, which we posted on Believe the Sign website quite some time ago. You became a Christian in your teens. Can you share your story of how you came to faith with our listeners? Sure, Rod. It was in 1969, at the age of 14, when I became acquainted with um, born-again Christians. And it happened like this. I had a younger brother who used to go to a Sunday school um, quite a distance from where we lived. He, he lived with my grandma. And one day he came to me, he said to me, my Sunday school teacher made us a challenge. 
she uh, told us that if we bring a new child to Sunday school, uh, we will give you a big slab of chocolate. Now, when I say big, I mean that was uh, that was a giant chocolate. And immediately, you know, we we grew up very poor. We didn't have uh, a lot of chocolates and things like that. So it was kind of it was. He just whooped me. I said to him. If you promise to give me half of the chocolate, <laughs> and uh, then I went to Sunday school, I'll never forget the first uh, scripture verse of scripture that I got was Romans eleven verse thirty three. Oh, the depth of the riches of God! How unsearchable are your riches and your ways past finding out! And after I repeated the scripture verse, the teacher said to me. You are too old for Sunday school," she said. "I I should invite you to our youth." And then, like two weeks later, I met all these people for the first time. Lots of beautiful young girls and young boys serving the Lord, singing choruses, and happy. Um, I I remember in those days, Rod, I couldn't speak a word of English. I, I grew up Afrikaans. My um, my whole school career was done in Afrikaans. At that point, I was still at school, and all these people were speaking English. And you know, it took me it took me some time to to catch my breath and things. But eventually, the words came and and it came out wrong. Like you know, the one girl said to me something like this: "You are handsome." And I, I responded, I said, you're handsome too. You know, that's what I <laughs> And then um, someone interjected and said, no, no, when it's a lady, say, you're pretty. You know, and that's how I learned. But maybe a month or six weeks later, um, they invited me to a, sun, a Saturday night service um, at another church in Jarvis Street in Cape Town. And this church was called the City Mission, which is very, very similar to, to the, the Baptist church. And that night, the pastor was preaching. And I was sitting there listening to the sermon. I cannot tell you what the sermon was, but I can tell you that whatever he spoke that evening touched my young heart. And when he made the altar call, um, I was the first one to walk to the front. And then I remember a counselor walking up to me and I was on my knees and it was a lady. She led me to the Lord and she said to me, pray after me. This would be the first time that I would actually pray an actual prayer. Before that, I knew the Our Father and, you know, um, in Afrikaans, Onsa Father. And that's what I used to say when I, when I go to bed and things. But this night, this lady led me in prayer. And as she was starting with Lord, um, I confess my sins. Uh -huh. Immediately, I started opening my mouth and the words just, came beautiful English, almost like I was speaking in tongues. Beautiful English just flowed freely. And that night on my knees in front of the altar, I met Jesus and he became my Lord and my Savior. Wonderful.
my life was changed, completely changed. When I left that place, I knew I was different. And um, yeah, needless to say, that's when I started and I'm happy today. I'm still on the battlefield fighting for the Lord. It's wonderful, James. I have a, a pastor that I talked to who said, you know, there's three things that we are required as Christians to do. It's three Ps. There is profession, there is practice, and there's perseverance. And it's wonderful to see someone who starts out in Christ. And how many years ago was that, James, that you came to Christ? That was in 1969. So that would be roughly 48 years going for Getting close years. to 50 years. Yeah. In that time, your faith has persevered. You professed your faith. You have exactly. practiced your faith. And you are persevering in your faith. It's wonderful. So you continued in the faith. How did you end up coming into the message? How were you introduced to the message? That is a long story. But let me, let me start by saying that I ended up working um, in the CBD of Cape Town. And CBD is again? A CBD for Central Business District. Okay. Like right on the foreshore of, of um, Cape Town. That's right there where Jan van Riebeck and, and, and uh, the, the, the statue of Jan van Riebeck, the guy who came here first, right there where, where his statue is. That's where I worked. Okay. The CBD is the Central bis Business District. Anyway, I, I worked on the ninth floor of a building and on the same floor, another brother, he was a Pentecostal brother, Stephen Stain was his name. Uh, he worked for another company, but on the same floor. And we used to, he was, he was a very friendly guy and we didn't know each other. So whenever we, we got into a, an elevator, um, Stephen would say, the Lord is good. Um, and I would say, amen. And that would be our conversation. You know, he'll smile, I'll smile. And when we get to the ninth floor, he walks his direction and I go in the other direction. Um, but this particular day, Stephen said to me, I've got a little room on the fourth floor. Um, and I go there every lunchtime to pray. Wouldn't you like to join me? I said to him, sure. I was, I was just a, a lad then. I was like 16 years old or so. Uh -huh. um, and then we would go down there and every lunchtime we would pray. And then we started fellowshipping. We started opening our Bible and going through different scriptures. I was now Doc's mission, which is very similar to Baptist. And he was um, Pentecostal. And then we'd, we'd share um, the scriptures with each other before we pray and things and encourage one another. But one day, Stephen came to me and he said to me, there's a brother on the eighth floor who prays for his food. He said he's going to find out who this man is. So he, that, And it was the same company that he was working for. So one day he went down and he introduced himself to this brother. And we invited him down to the fourth floor. So now instead of having our normal prayer meeting, we were having more discussions. And this brother, his name was Joey Nair. He was, he was very friendly. Uh, uh, you know, in my uh, opinion, he was very clued up with the scriptures. And we, we then sat and listened to him. 
and he would, you know, speak. And, and then we'd go into a short prayer. And the prayer became shorter and shorter because we spent so much time talking. But then one day, Joey just, you know, he just throw, threw the ball in the scrum. He said, um, how were you baptized? I, I said, well, according to Matthew 28, verse 19, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And uh, Stephen said the same. And he said, do you know that you were baptized wrong? Um, we looked at each other and didn't respond. And then he said, did you know that God sent a prophet? Prophet, what? We've never heard these things. And, and then he started opening the scriptures, Malachi 4, 5, and 6, Luke 17, 30, Revelation 10, 7, Revelation 3, 14, Zechariah 14, verse 7, all these scriptures. And he was just explaining and, you know, we, we would just look at each other and what's going on now? Eventually, he wore us down. I said to him, brother, you know, I don't know about these things that, that, that you're talking about. But if you can show me in the scripture where the Bible says that I must be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, then I'm going to listen to you, you know. And then he opens his Bible very confidently, Acts 2.38, you know, and, and, and they asked men and brethren, what must we do to be saved? And Peter said, repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. And Okay, this man knows what he's talking about. Yeah, and then he goes back to to Matthew twenty eight verse nineteen, and and he explains to us, Father is not a name. You 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 are Stephen. That's that's your name, um, but but you have the title Father, um, because that is what your son calls you. And he would go on and on. Eventually, you know, we we. Said to him, brother, brother Joey, you know, give us, give us a chance here. We need to figure out what's going on. In the meantime, I had um, in in our church. We just it was a new church, a new branch of the old church, and we had three leaders that were supervising this work. So it was brother Rinquist, Freddie Iso, and and Stanley Felix. And Freddie Iso, he was the closest to me because I spent a lot of time at his home and I just love this family. So I decided one evening to go to Freddie Iso. And I was kind of very, very distressed, worried and anxious about all the stuff that this man was telling us and how denominations is the mark of the beast and how if we don't follow this message that he's telling us about that we're not going to make it for the rapture. And so I, I went to brother Fred and he said to me, why do you look so worried? I said to him, brother, this is all the stuff that brother Joey is telling us. I said, is this man speaking the truth? Freddie drops his head, you know, he just, and he doesn't answer. And I just see tears running down Brother Freddy's face. And I said to him, Brother Freddy, what's what's the problem? And he said to me, you know what? I have the same problem. I have a guy, Mentor de Kok, who is telling me exactly the same stuff at work. And I don't know how to answer this man. 
then, you know, it was kind of, we were sitting there feeling sorry for ourselves. Eventually he said, he says, the Lord has just spoken to him. He says, he's going to do what Gideon has done. He's going to put the Lord on a test. Now, Freddie had a beard very much like yours. Um, and he said, you know what I'm going to do tonight, James? I'm going to cut off half of my beard. Uh, I'm going to shave it off. And then we're going to pray tonight. And tomorrow morning, if I wake up, the other half must also be gone. If I wake up tomorrow morning and I still have one half of the beard in my face, then we know these people are false. And we will pray for them and let them go. So after the prayer, we went to bed. Needless to say, I hardly slept that night because I was up early, early the next morning. Knocked on Brother Freddy's door. And when he got up, I was shocked. His face was still, he still had half of his beard in his face. He looked in the mirror and he said to me, the Lord is showing me these people are from the devil. He says, when you get to work, first thing you do is go to Joey and rebuke him and tell him he's from the pit of hell and he must leave you alone. And I'm going to do the same with Mentor the Cock. And we had a short prayer and both of us left in our own directions. Rod, it was lunchtime and there was a knock on the door and Joey Nair walked in. And I told him exactly what Brother Freddie told me. Joey didn't say a word. He um, just said to us, you know, it's, it comes by revelation. If God doesn't reveal it to you, you would never see it. And then we carried on with our other talks. But then after that, we didn't see Brother Joey. He didn't come back to the fourth floor to come and pray with us. And maybe a month Past with us not seeing Brother Joey, him just remaining in his office. And then one day we had this knock on the door again. And when Brother Stephen opened, it was Joey Nay. And he came in and he was direct. He just said to us, Brothers, the Lord has sent me somewhere else. I'm leaving this job at the end of the month. But I have given you guys enough time. If you can show me in the Bible that what I told you is a lie, then I will repent. But if I, if, if I have shown you the truth of God's word, what is preventing you from following what the Bible says? You, you do believe the Bible. Yes, yes, we believe the Bible, we said. So uh, Joey Nair went back through the scriptures and he said to us, what will you do? Are you just going to turn your back on the word? And you know, I looked at Brother Stephen and Brother Stephen looked at me. He was a very, very quiet type of person. He didn't speak much. And I said to him, Brother Joey, we'll let you know tomorrow. So the next day, Steve, uh, uh, Stephen comes to me and says to me, what, what do you think? I said to him, Brother Stephen, I think I'm going to have myself rebaptized." And because this man has shown us the scriptures and he's convinced me that what he's shown me is in the Bible. So 
He says, yeah, I'll do the same. So when Brother Joey came again lunchtime, we told him, yes, we're going to be obedient to the word of God. And uh, so he says, well, let's, let's arrange the baptism then. And then it was maybe three days later that we had this baptism um, sort of arranged for all the brothers to come and we would do it after work. So much drama happened in between. That night that we were supposed to be baptized, um, Brother Stephen got sick. And it was probably the first time that I've actually experienced a miracle because he had a migraine headache and he could hardly, he could hardly open his eyes. And me as a young boy, I just walked over to him, laid my hands on his head and I said, Lord, touch my brother in Jesus' name. And immediately Stephen's headache disappeared. And we said, fine, we're going to go. Then we got onto a train that was to take us to the station nearest to the pastor's home. But we got on an express train. That train just kept going, didn't stop at any stations. That train stopped about 10 miles further than where we were supposed to be. And then we got off and we looked at each other and we said, we've come thus far, we're not going to turn back. And then we started walking. By the time we got to the pastor's home, it was getting dark already. But there was a van full of brothers waiting for us. They were sitting there waiting. And we got in the van and they baptized us in the river. And that is how my journey in the message really started, not knowing anything, um, but being convinced that a little bit that I know um, is what I have seen in the Bible. We try to keep our podcast under 30 minutes, so we will end the interview there for this week. Please come back next week for the continuation of our interview with James Manuel. If you have a question or comment, please feel free to go to our website at offtheshelf.life. There is a comment section at the bottom of every episode's webpage. Or you're welcome to send an email to rod at offtheshelf.life. Have a great week. And thanks for listening. Oh, man.